This is a call to those who want incredible success, but do not necessarily want to get filthy rich. You want to help others, be purposeful, and enjoy all life has to offer. Welcome to the Inbound Marketing Revolution. This is Dow of Inbound with Ion Garlic. Welcome to the Dow of Inbound. This is Ian Garlic, CEO of Authentic Web, and I have a very, 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 very special guest today. This guy. Let's just tell a little bit about his background. Graduated from University of Texas in 2003. Got married the following weekend. Started a job. Quit that job six months later, and started. First online business, or went full time as online business, and then twelve years later, has invested over fifteen million dollars in marketing tests, which generated tens of millions of unique visitors. Sent well over a billion emails with him and his team, and has direct ownership of twelve successful brands across pretty much every interest. It's pretty crazy.、Um, author of best selling book. The Invisible Selling Machine. I think it won some awards too. It, it should have. It should have. I'm going to give it some awards. I'll give it an award. Thank you.、Um, and runs one of the biggest marketing events in the country, Traffic Conversion. And 12 years later, he's got four kids and is still married, despite his last blog post being "Want to stay married? Then go to bed angry." Exactly. <laughs> that's that's the reason. Ladies and gentlemen, Ryan Dice. Ryan, thank you so much. For being here, yeah. Thank you for having me. Glad、um, we finally got to do this.、Um, I'm here at、uh, the beautiful Digital Marketer Lab in Austin, Texas, part of my tour. And、um, you know, Ryan, I I'll tell you guys, I, the first time I heard Ryan speak, you know, I, I've seen a lot of internet marketers, and I'm always you're skeptical because you see a lot of people that say, "Oh, I make this much money. I do this. I know this." And really, a lot of people just don't. They just like they throw out numbers there, and they really don't care about it.、Uh, but when I saw you speak, Ryan, I was like, "This guy knows his stuff." You know, I've been doing this for a long time, and you obviously have too. And I'm like, "This is someone I can put in front of my clients."、Um, what's amazing to me, though, is that you also are not only are you doing this in twelve different companies, you're teaching it. And why did you start teaching it? I started teaching it really because people asked me. You know, I was I was doing it with with these different businesses that I started in college, and then when I graduated, I kind of I kept doing it and was like, wow, this is actually a real thing. And、uh, back then, you know, the number of people that had web based businesses were pretty. It was a pretty small world, you know, pretty small community. A lot of the people that that I knew that were my you know peers and contemporaries. Going back then were people that got started selling stuff on like message boards and you know and the old like prodigy <laughs> and stuff like that. So I mean, I was in it. That's amazing. I was in it pretty, or and I, I I wasn't doing that, but I was you know because I got started in 1999, which was just before Google, but or right around when Google was coming on the scene. But it, I mean, it was the wild west, but it was a small community. And and so we'd get together. There were only a handful of of events, if you could even call it that.、Uh, people, you know, gatherings of people talking and sharing. And and I was just kind of I was the kid there. And so everybody knew me just because everybody else was older than me. And so as a result of that, when you know I, I was I was the outlier. And then when they would ask me what am I doing, I was doing some pretty cool stuff. And, and so 
it, it, it wasn't too long before somebody's like, Hey, I'm doing this conference. Why don't you come and speak at it? And I, and I, I like doing stuff that if, if something immediately scares me and I immediately repel from it, I want to pause in that and kind of say, okay, why does this freak me out? Does it freak me out? Cause it's something I should do. Does it freak me out? Cause it's something I shouldn't do. And, and I said, you know, this is probably something I should do. And when I remember I did that very first talk and, uh, people came up to me and, and there were some folks there that said, Oh, do you have any trainings? You know, do you consult? I'm like, no, no, I don't really have any of this stuff. And, uh, you know, and, and it really was born out of the act of teaching was born out of people asking me questions and desiring to answer those questions. And, it, you know, you think about digital marketer today, the digital marketer brand really didn't come into existence until 2011. Uh, mm. so it's a fairly new brand. It's just, I finally said, you know what? I should pro, I always saw myself as a doer, not a teacher. And I think that was a reason why I, I didn't want to, have a brand and a company around the training and the research side. But finally it was like, okay, we're putting on a big event where a thousand people are coming. We should call this something. And so that was kind of how it came about. So fairly organic. So how'd you come up with the name digital marketer? Well, you know, it's funny. It's actually, um, I was, I, I wanted to, to, to think, okay, if we're going to do this, then, then let's, let's be the best at it. Right. Let's, let's have the kind of defining brand in that space. So I was thinking to myself, what would that be? And I knew I didn't want it to be internet marketer, right? Because for one, I, I saw a time when the term internet was going to become passe, right? I, I saw social, you know, I didn't really see mobile coming so much then, but I just knew that this, the internet was going to be almost like the information superhighway, right? It was going to be one of, so I was like, what's a broad based kind of all encompassing thing? And that was where digital came from. And also you mentioned it, right? There, the chucklehead factor among quote unquote internet marketers is extremely high. So I just didn't mm-hmm. want the association, the, the identification with that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and I think a lot of small businesses need to be aware of that. And that was one of the things, you know, I feel like I'm a gateway and our company is a gateway between small business and that the internet marketers because we have to filter it because small business doesn't have time. And I know you guys are dedicated. And one of the things that I love about what you've said is how dedicated you are to small business. Can you tell me a little bit about your small business goal of helping small businesses? Yeah. I mean, a digital marketer, we, and, and it was really, this goal is now 12 months old. It was, it was at the, the first of December, um, in, in 2014 when we finally codified, you know, we planted our flag and said, okay, what we are about is we're about doubling the size of small businesses. And so our goal is to double the size of 10,000 small businesses over the next five years. And what gets us really excited about that here is number one, you know, it's tough when you're in this role and you're trying to say, you know, who do we help? You can't help everyone. And, and, you know, there's a lot of people that want to help really, really big companies, corporations and things like that get even bigger. I don't get excited about that because typically the people that are, you know, the people that really took the risk that were in the trenches, like, you know, getting dirty, getting gritty, they're, they're gone. They either got bought out and you, you have a bunch of, you know, bankers and professionals that are now in running it. And that's fine. I'm not saying there's no value in that. At some point, adults need to come in and, you know, run things. But you got to get the grownups in. But but I'm not passionate about necessarily helping them, right? I'm not necessarily passionate about, in, you know, improving shareholder value, right? I want to I see this small business owner who's 
taking risk and busting their butt and, and doing what they can. I want to see them succeed. I want to be able to see them go home, you know, and say to their, to their spouse and their, and their family, like, Hey, you know, we did it. Like it was, I know it was a struggle, you know, but we did it. It was worth it. Cause I'm, I am that guy, you know, I've, I've been there. And so we wanted to really say, okay, this is who we serve. And we wanted a tangible way of saying, how do we serve them? You know, and, and what we're best at is growing businesses. We're not efficiency experts, right? We're not operations people. We're not going to go out there. You know, we're, we're good at, at, at helping people generate more sales and more revenue. And so that's an area where we knew we could hang our hat. And again, like a lot of this stuff, it came about organically. You know, it came about when we're trying to think, okay, why are we doing this? What is our mission? What is our vision? What is our purpose? Why are we doing this? I remember we got, I got an email in my inbox just randomly from one of our long-term members, Graham English, who, um, he's in the, he, he's written some books on, on, uh, music production is a, is a mm-hmm. singer and, and musician and, and also shows other musicians how to produce their own music, write their own songs, stuff like that. And he just sent me an email saying, Hey, I, I just wanted to thank you, you know, because of digital marketer, my business doubled, not just once, but twice this year. Here's the impact that that has. And so that arrived right at that moment where we were saying, okay, what do we need? Uh, what, what is our mission going to be? That showed up in the inbox and okay, this is what it is. And we know, you know, we know that doubling 10,000 businesses doesn't just mean big things for those business owners. It means big things for their families. It means big things for their employees, you know, their ability to hire more people, to grow whole world economies. It's, it's a really, really big deal. It's something that we're very, very excited about. I love that. And it's, it's I, I feel like the future of America, I mean, the past is small business, but the future of America is small business. Yeah, and, and not just America, right? The whole world. Yes. I mean, you're seeing these emerging economies that, that are occurring as a, that are beginning to emerge and, and you're starting to see entrepreneurial success stories there because of the web, you know, because of these opportunities, because, and, and, and I just think it's a beautiful thing. I think it it's what has to happen. It does. It does. And equality for people and everyone gets an opportunity. Um, one of the other things that, you know, you talked about that really struck a nerve with me was logical lies and, and how dangerous they are to small business. Because first of all, can you tell me what logical lies are? Yeah. So logical lies, anything that sounds like it should be true, but isn't. And, uh, and, and, and they're frequently, uh, I guess the logical lie is frequently, you know, perpetrated by either the fake guru, the fake expert, or the well-intentioned person who's just kind of out of touch, right? They heard another speaker talk about something like, ooh, that sounds good. And they've adopted it themselves. And now they're going out sharing this faux wisdom. Um, and, and I just see that as being so incredibly damaging because when something is a blatant lie, when it's a flagrant lie, it's easy to call it for what it is and ignore it or mm, crush it. Yeah. The logical lie to me is the most dangerous thing. But as business owners, right, we want the shorthand. We, we want to know. That's why we're out. That's why people are listening to this right now. It's why they come to events is they want to know, okay, what do I need to do? I need to focus on my business. So just tell me what I need to do with this marketing thing. So it's very susceptible. They're very susceptible to logical lies. Oh yeah, that makes sense. When you hear yourself, oh yeah, that makes sense. Oh my God. Maybe you're right. More times than not, hopefully you are. But when you hear that, don't let that be the sole reason that you jump headfirst into something because it could be a logical lie. And what kind of damage can that do to a business? Well, I mean, it can cause someone, if you believe something to be true, 
right? If you don't go into a new idea or a new concept or a new strategy with any skepticism, if you just believe it to be true, then you're going to entertain a concept much longer than you should, right? You're going to stick with it much longer than you should. You're going to build, create these sacred cows in your business where you just decide, okay, I believe this to be true, therefore, you know, it is, and so where things aren't working, well, it must be something else. And, and in fact, no, like the, the very basis of, of the, the very, like uh, the underlying presupposition of why you're doing that is wrong, is yeah. flawed. And, and so I think for business owners, if you can train yourselves when you hear something like that to say, okay, that, that sounds great. Do we know that to be true or do we believe that to be true? And if we know it to be true, how? How do you know it to be true? You know, like for example, I mean, and this is kind of, I'll give you some, do you mind if I give you like an example? I would love an example. Okay, yeah. I think so, that's very important. Well, so, and I'll give kind of some uh, of a, a broad one because I want to make sure this applies to as many business possible. Because there's all kinds of little things that, depending on what type of business you're in, may or may yeah. not apply. But one of the things that I hear all the time is it never hurts to ask, right? It never hurts to ask someone for the order. And, and so, you know, I know, I know for us, we're like, Hey, it doesn't hurt to ask. We want to ma- make sure that we maximize those customer values. So when somebody buys something, sell them something else and something else and something else and, and just build that out and go, 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 go. What you don't realize if you just accept that as it never hurts to ask as just a platitude that is to be followed, you don't acknowledge opportunity cost, right? When you go into mm-hmm. something, you don't, you don't yeah. acknowledge that. Yeah, there's a lot of people that said yes and we generated some additional revenue. But what about the people that didn't just say no? They said no and oh, by the way, I hate you. And I'm never coming back and I'm telling all my friends, right? These are the things that can destroy a business. But when you, you might hear somebody talking and they'll say, okay, the best type of offer to make, and this is not to, 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 to say that you shouldn't do upselling. Obviously we preach that, you know, if somebody buys something, you should sell them something again and again and again, mm-hmm. right? That's yeah. how conversion funnels work. But you'll, I've heard people preach again and again, like how, uh, you know, start them low and then make them a really, really expensive high ticket offer because you only need, you know, just run the numbers, right? I mean, it's way expensive, but if only 1% of the people buy it, then it's worth doing, you know? So do something low and then make them a really crazy expensive offer. Failing to realize that when we went back and we tested it, we found that if we made that offer right then and there, we made less money than if we waited and built the relationship, and built the value, and built the trust, and then we made the offer. And so these are things where somebody goes to you and they they show you some numbers, and so to say, okay, well, do you know that to be true? Do you believe that to be true? No, I know it to be true, because, okay, but did you try this thing also? No, we didn't try that. Oh, okay. Now, it's fine to still go to them and, and, and try what they suggested, but to go into it with both eyes wide open and saying, okay, I'm going to try theirs, but if it doesn't work, I'm going to try this other thing. Mm-hmm. That's what you've got to train yourself to do as a business owner. And what Digital Market has done, and you know, and one thing that has attracted us to partner with you and, and, and a lot of people partner with you is because you test this so much. Mm-hmm. Um, can you t- give me some examples of, of when those types of things have happened, that you've, you've seen it happen? Well, I mean... Uh, I know that, that, that for, like, what we endeavor to do with Digital Marketer is, is give people controls. Here's a place to start. But by all means, try some other things too. Right? And, and so when we say, okay, um, 
if, if when you go out with an initial entry point offer into a market, it needs to be an impulse buy. And we say typically that's less than twenty dollars. Right. Yeah. I want to make sure that I don't just, I don't just say, Oh, we've tested it in $20 or $7 is the ideal price point for an offer. I always want to couch it in, okay, this is what we've tested. This $7 price point, seven to $20 is the ideal entry point, what we call a tripwire style mm-hmm. offer, right? That, that's where, it, that's where it lines up. But the, philosophy behind it the the underlying kind of reason that it works is it must be an impulse buy so seven to twenty works because for most people i don't care who you are you can make a seven dollar purchase decision or a twenty dollar purchase decision without really having to think about it now but decide what is that for your market so we've had people all the time who are in the b2b space or they're selling two hundred fifty thousand dollar engagements you know, thinking that, oh, I guess I need to start with a $7 offer and they're going out selling to large corporations. Like, no, no, no. I mean, for you, an impulse buy could be $495, right? Maybe, yeah. maybe in, in your particular industry, everyone in that company is allowed to essentially spend $500 without asking, yep. right? It's just a known number. Well, that's an impulse buy. So that's why I think it's so important to not just understand, okay, this is the number. And that's the thing that everybody wants. You know, what color should my background be? Robin's egg blue. Got it. Well, no, that's not, <laughs> like, that's not, it's not that simple. We want to distill it down. What, what should my price be? $7. Okay, cool. Now I can check. Move on to something. No, you've got to understand. And, and when, when somebody throws out something with that degree of specificity, understand that without the reasoning behind it, it's, it may work. It may be a good place to start, but don't trust it. You know, understand like what was the reason that this worked? Because, the reason that it worked for them could be exactly the same reason that it worked for you, but but yield a different starting point. Starting point. Does that make sense? No, it makes complete sense, and it's so important because um, you know we see it all the time where people come to us. They're like, "Okay, yeah, you've got this thing in the box. It's going to work right away." And I'm like, "No, that's not how it works. It's a starting point because you don't know." Uh, you know, I've talked to a few people. Uh, best one out of four offers succeeds right off the bat. And then you just have to keep tr- testing and testing and testing. Another thing, you know, I heard you say once, um, and I know you, you forget stuff, but the only, the only marketing genius is the customer. And I tell them, oh, yeah. it's, it's so true because it's like, we, uh, people ask me all the time, like, well, you know, SEO. I'm like, yeah, I can get you ranked for that. I don't know if it's going to get you business, but we're going to test. Mm-hmm. We're going to test it. And I think that's fantastic. And, you know, I, I love just that we now have access to digital marketers shorthand, all this tested. It, sure. It's, 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 it's the, the starting point. It's the starting point. We tried a bunch of different things. I recommend that you start here, but I love it. I love it. People think that it annoys me and it doesn't at all. People will come on to like our, the digital marketer engage Facebook group, right? And they'll be like, Hey, I tried this thing that you did and it didn't really work. So I tried this and it worked and it worked better. That's awesome. Thank you for that. You know, and in many cases it's, you know what? We tried that and that didn't work for us, but I'm glad it worked for you. So yay. In a lot of cases, it's holy crap. I never would have thought of that. We're going to try that too. And if it turns out that you were right and we were wrong this whole time, yay. We all win, right? This is not about being right, right? It's exactly. about getting the right result. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, I love that. And I think that so many business owners attach themselves and that's the big danger of the logical lie because they think, Oh, this is right. Oh, this has to be right. And then they sit on it and sit on yeah. it. And one other thing that we talked about before, and I, I've heard you say a lot, is the danger of the 80% projects. And I feel like that logical lie leads into the 80% project that, uh, and, and, and let, I'll let you talk about it. You know, w- w- 
when you talk about that, the half-built bridges, the eighty percent projects, what what are those? Yeah, I mean, these are all the little projects that we that we start and don't finish. And and uh, you know, my my buddy Carl White was the one that really first gave me that half-built bridge analogy. You know, he said if if you're on one side of a of a cliff and and, and then there's a giant valley and what you want is on the other side of that, you know, you need a bridge. And and so so often in in life and in business we start building this bridge and we're building it and building it and building it and get about halfway done and then something else distracts us a new bright shiny object and so we start building that bridge and and we, what we wind up with is a whole lot of effort expended but a bridge is worth nothing until it's completed you know a bridge that's 90% built is still insanely dangerous right and and this is what we do so often in in business and it's because we're not focused on the result we're focused on some process that we get excited about. Screw a process. Like, you're really excited about Facebook ads today? Great. If you see Facebook ads as a vehicle that's going to get you to the other side, to that thing that you need on the other side, then, then great. But have you, be focused on getting the end result that you want, not on the process that gets you there. Mm-hmm. So if something isn't working out like you thought it would, abandon it. It's a tool for getting there. Right. It, yeah. it is not the end in and of itself. It is a means to that end. Um, but if something is working, stay focused on it and finish that dang bridge. That's uh, such great advice. Um, so you're a great speaker, a lot of great information and you have this awesome event, traffic and conversion coming up. Unfortunately, anyone listening to this probably can't get a ticket. It, now. it is unfortunately it's, sold it's, out. It's December and the, the events. What's the date of the events? February um, 9th through the 11th. And it's sold out already. It is sold out. Yeah. We signed a long-term contract with this, uh, with this hotel a couple of years ago. And, uh, this is the last year on this particular contract. And unfortunately, we can only fit about, accommodate about 3,000 attendees. And, uh, that's still a lot of people to sell out by grown, December. Yeah, the event's grown every year, and and uh, and this year, yeah, we sold out about two and a half months early. That's fantastic. So, so if someone wants to see you talk, learn, learn, see you live, is there another option out there? Um, we're we're going to post up a live stream. So yeah, I think if you go to trafficandconversionsummit.com, we are going to do a live stream okay. option. I don't I don't like doing a live stream. So much because it's not the same no, as no, no. being there, right? There's there's something magical about actually being in the room and the energy and just meeting the people. But I also know that we've had, there are so many people that wanted to come this year and, and couldn't either because they waited. They didn't actually think it would sell out early. They thought we were just doing, you know, marketing speak and we're like, it's selling out. We're like, no, seriously, it's selling out. Um, and then there are lots of other people that for whatever reasons, they can't travel there. So we're making that available um, to them. Fantastic. That's a great opportunity. I, I highly suggest it. You know, I, I've seen Ryan now speak a few times, you know, in small events, large events, and obviously talking to him in person. And, um, you know, Ryan, I have to say, every time I'm like, well, I've, I've heard this before. I, I've heard the CBO thing before. And every time there's something else, I'm like, wow, I didn't think of it that way. And it's a, a new angle. And uh, I, I highly suggest anyone listening, definitely go to TNC if you can, get a ticket for next year. Um, but definitely watch that live event. If you ever get a chance to see Ryan, um, I really appreciate you being on. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, I have a couple more simple questions for you. Cool. Just basic ones. Um, so what's the latest book you're reading that you feel in business that people should read? The, there's a, there's a book that I'm reading right now called the six month fix, the six month fix. And it is oddly, it is a book about, uh, turnarounds. Uh-huh. And, and operations. Now, fortunately, none of the companies that we're running right now are in desperate need of a turnaround. They're all doing well. But 
uh, I was kind of fascinated and I'm really impressed by these people who can go into businesses that are failing and get them turned around. And, and so I asked like, what's one of the best like books on turnaround stuff to a lot of people I know. And, and that was the one that came up most frequently. So I'm reading a book about business turnarounds in the hope that I always believe a lot of times that these things that these techniques and strategies that get a- applied in really bad extreme circumstances, if they're applied in good circumstances, it's just a for- force multiplier, right? This stuff yeah. still works. Oh, yeah, yeah, it yeah. just worked better. And, and so often we don't we neglect that. We think, yeah. oh, it's a good time. Let's, let's do this thing over here. It's like, no, like if it worked in the really bad times, how much better will it work in the good times? So I'm reading that book, um, right now. It, I read it, uh, I, I read it for the first time like three years ago. It's one of the books I reread every single year. That's fantastic. And that's and so, great advice too, because it, you know, yeah, dips are dangerous, but also success is dangerous. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've seen, I've seen, um, opportunity kill more businesses than lack of opportunity, but it also goes to the point that you said, right? I go back and I read these books because the information is the same, right? It's printed yeah. material, but I change, yep. right? And so consuming information, if it was good a year ago, go back and read it again, right? Mm-hmm. It'll probably be if not better, it'll be different because you've changed. Yeah. You'll be seeing it through new eyes. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. Um, what's your favorite quote? What's the quote that maybe you have as a mantra here or a digital marketer? My favorite quote? You know, I I wonder the like some of the things that uh, that that I say that that people hear. You know that that I've heard some of them them repeat. Um, it doesn't have to be a quote from you either. Yeah, no, no, I know, but it, but if it's a good quote, I usually say it. And the thing about a quote is, after you've said it, you know, two or three yeah. times, um, then it's yours. That's a good point. I want to make sure right. that I don't actually mean that. Um, <laughs> the I, I really would say that that one of the things that I find myself saying time and time and time again, so it's not so much a quote as it is a useful thing to say, is what I said before, which is you know, do we know that to be true or do we believe that to be true? And so while it's not a, an axiom that I think you can necessarily take with you and just settle, I think it's, it's something that if you remember and keep on you, it will serve you very, very well. That's a great, uh, that's fantastic because, and that comes to my final question, mindset, uh, pretty much everyone, I mean, we kind of touch on mindset and everyone I've ever had on the podcast, it comes to mindset and marketing is a mindset. It, there's, but there's a lot of them. Um, it, I always try and work on a mindset because I'm like, oh, we always have these logical lies running around our head, and also there's just human fallacies. What are you working on any mindsets right now for yourself? For me, I'm pretty pragmatic. So anytime I'm going to go and do something, the first question I always ask is, do I deserve to exist in this place? Right? Like, am is this? Am I worthy of this thing that that I want? Right? And invariably the answer is yes, right? Like I'm, and, and that's not because oh, I'm such a good person. It like, it's, it's when it's in business, I want to make sure that, that yeah, you know, we're good at this. We know what we're doing and we genuinely care, right? If it's something like health related, you know, am I, am I worthy? Do I deserve to be healthy? Of course I do, right? This is something that, this is something, but I always start from that perspective because I want to make sure that I, that I check my motives because I know if my motives are off, it doesn't matter how airy-fairy I get about stuff. I'm going to self-sabotage it. So I always start there. And then I always believe that, that you know, our, our, our present condition doesn't define who we are. So 
I know there, there have been times in my life when I've been really out of shape. There was a time about four years ago where I was really overweight. I was about 35 pounds heavier than I am right now. And I'm not in the best shape of my life right now, but I was about 35 pounds heavier, which on my frame is not good. And, um, and even then I remember thinking, you know, I'm not fat. I'm a skinny person in the present condition of being overweight. And I think that's the thing that I keep, that I always tell myself is you get to decide, you know, you, you get to define that, who you are and what's going to happen. You get to decide that ahead of time. Um, then you have to make sure that one, you actually do believe that. And two, that you're going to take the steps to, to make the thing that you're saying not a lie. Wow. And, and so as long as wow. I start with that, Hey, I'm a, you know, when I was a broke college kid, I'm a poor person. I'm a rich person in the present condition of being poor. Wow. We'll, we'll fix that. I'm a fat person in the present condition of, uh, I'm a skinny person in the present condition of being overweight, right? Your present condition does not define who you are. Just like the past doesn't define who you are. Uh, that, that one's always, I think, for, for human beings up for grabs. Who you are is up for grabs. But what it is today doesn't have to be what it is tomorrow. That's fantastic. That's the first time I've ever heard that. And that's really, really cool. Cool. Oh, I love that. Hopefully that's helpful. That's, that's super helpful. I'm going to use it. There you go. Take I'm going to say it a few times to make it mine. There you go. <laughs> three times. The rule is three times. The three. first time you give direct credit, credit. The second time it's, you know, I once heard. And the third time it's like I've always said. That's fantastic. There you go. I love that. Now <laughs> tons of advice. I know. I know. I'm going to have to just sell this podcast. There you go. <laughs> Ryan, thanks so much for being here. Traffic and conversion. You can't go, can't get a ticket. You might be able to get a ticket, scalp it for like 10 grand or something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, we, you know, you've arrived when there's people <laughs> ticket scalping, scalping yeah. outside of the hotel. <laughs> nice. Um, but watch the live stream. Uh, Go to digitalmarketer.com to learn more. Of course, you guys can always call us to at Authentic Web. Uh, but um, Ryan, thanks so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Thanks for having me. 